Hey everybody, you're tuning into the very first episode of I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. I'm Ben Thomas, joined today by our host and medical extraordinaire, Kevin Stevenson. <laughs> Thanks, Ben, for having me again. Yeah, Kevin, you know, we came up with a, a, a weird name for the show, and I feel like we have to explain it. I don't care. That's that's very presumptuous. What What does it mean, and what does it mean to you? You know, Ben, I, I'm glad that we're doing this because I, I mentioned this to my wife, and she said, well, that's not really you know, great. I said, well, yeah, it, it is because, you know, I, I think it, it, it kind of sums things up because uh, I don't care because I'm not a clinician. I've been in healthcare for 30 years, but, but I, and I don't think any of our patients would ever want me to uh, directly treat them, but, but uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, thanks Ben. But, but of course, you know, I really care and, and really passionate about healthcare. And so I think it's a it's a fun play on words, and it also allows us to maybe uh, go off and talk about other topics as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, I mean I think it really kind of describes your personality almost <laughs> the fun the fun loving guy. But uh, so on today's episode, we're really kind of focusing on healthcare consumerism and education, uh, consumer education in the marketplace. Yeah, you know, and, and the great thing about the advent of the internet is because back years ago pre-internet when healthcare information was very difficult to come by, uh, a, a person would go in and visit their physician. And whatever the physician said, the, the patient automatically did. And they took a lot of things for granted. But now with, with the advent and the ease of accessibility of healthcare information uh, and the advent of healthcare consumerism, people are becoming a lot more involved in their care and they're able to access a wide variety of healthcare information. And, and we'll talk about, you know, the pros and cons of that too, because there certainly are. Yeah. I, I think when, when it comes to healthcare consumerism, I think there's so many different aspects of it. First, I, I, I want to address specifically uh, healthcare information and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but, but getting your information online before you go into the clinic, what, what is that? look like in modern days. I'm not by any means some somebody who's on WebMD every day, but you know, I, I, I do a little bit of research before I go to the doctor, but what does that look like in your field on a daily basis? Yeah. For, for us, we see, and you mentioned WebMD, there are so many other, uh, so many other websites that people can go to and, and look up their information, uh, again, both good and bad. Uh, but what that allows it, it, it again, it allows people to, to take charge of their health. It allows there to be a a, a nice interchange between the, the physician and the patient. And, and it, it certainly helps in, in a shared decision-making process. And, and you'll hear me talk a lot about people have to take charge of their own health. You know? and, and so in order to be able to do that, in order to be able to make you know, really informed uh, decisions, you've got to have appropriate information. Well, there, you're right. There, I mean, there's got to be some level of uh, consumer accountability there. I, th I think in today's, you know, zeitgeist, if you will, WebMD has kind of become this parody of what it was designed <laughs> for, almost because people people sneeze and they get on WebMD and decide they, you know, have a terminal illness or something like that. But, but I think WebMD and the like in education really is is helping consumers in a lot of ways. I mean, they could be taken to extremes, and mm -hmm. you know coming up with different conspiracy theories and things about uh, the healthcare market. But but I see it as a really, really great thing. I see WebMD as a great tool. And I think that, you know, 
an informed populist, generally speaking, is always going to be a better populist. Yeah, Ben, you're right because uh, you know you. But the thing is that you have to be really careful. Um, physicians are many physicians are changing their perspective on uh, you know a consumer or a patient coming in and, and actually having uh, more than just a, a minimal uh, knowledge of of their condition. Uh, and so that's a good thing. But and, and also physicians are now recognizing that, yeah, healthcare consumerism does exist, uh, good or bad. And, and so they're they're having to accept that because uh, the consumer uh, wants to have, you know, to see a, a more enhanced level of healthcare experience, better customer service, if you will. And, and so uh, I think uh, I think that uh, when that patient goes in there with with a bit of information, uh, that starts the process, and it, it really starts a discussion process. So, Kevin, tell me a little bit about what what role does the um, provider play with? We'll, we'll call them the consumer for all intents and purposes, the the patient. But so there is a bit of a shared decision making process there, right? There is some yeah. level of accountability that these days the average patient needs to come into the office with, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Well, let, Ben, let's take a step way back then. You know, we're, we're talking about healthcare consumerism now. You know, patients have choices, and and so that's uh, that's what really drives a lot of this. A patient can choose a wide variety of of primary care physicians, wide variety of specialists, facilities, you name it. They they have choice, and so uh, what this does, uh, the physician has got to be more aware in in just the overall operations of their practice. So, for example, you take a look at when, when a patient comes up to the practice, is the parking adequate? Right. You know, that sets the stage. You know, does the, is the building, um, is the building well marked? Is it clean? And then you walk inside and you, st- you walk up to the, to the receptionist desk. Is the receptionist uh, pleasant? Are they helpful? And so then, you know, is the waiting time excessive? Is it explained why, why you're waiting? And then, Finally, you get back to speaking with your physician and then, okay, does the physician take two minutes with you or does that physician take 15 or 20 minutes with you? Well, and this, and this whole process takes place after you've decided what provider yeah. you want, which, which is an entirely different world because right. then that brings up healthcare marketing, which is an... Yeah, that's another yeah, that's, podcast. That's a, yeah. My goodness. But, you know, so, so that's, that's, that's a great point that you bring up. So really at this point, we talk about healthcare providers as almost... I don't want to say uh, businesses or product distributors, but they, they almost, you know, they're, they're they like, are. they're almost your McDonald's, right? They're, well, they offer products and services. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I go all the way to McDonald's, but yeah, you know, physicians, healthcare providers, they're providing a service. Okay. And so there's a, there's an expectation uh, that, that every patient consumer has for for that for that experience, and so again, yeah, you know, getting back to to kind of what we're talking about—the whole healthcare information—you know—that's where you know the patient comes into the encounter with you know knowledge of the physician, you know what what their background is, where they went to medical school, uh, you know their level of training, their expertise, and then you drill down into individual uh, symptoms that they may have, or if somebody has a chronic condition. Uh, they have explored that and, and seen various treatment options, and so uh, there's there's lots of lots of, uh, of interplay into that. 
some, so someone that's a millennial, let's say someone like a millennial. I, yeah, I think like you. One, one, yeah, yeah, like me. Uh, I think one of the hardest problems that people like me have is how do I know whether I go to the care now or how do I know whether I go to the oh. ER? Can you, can you treat a broken bone at a care now? Which is, in my mind, kind of the silliest question ever. But, but uh, you know, when you go on your WebMDs and you look at your research and stuff like that, and, you know, notwithstanding what providers are in your plan and things like that, but, you know, how... How do you think that this information is playing into uh, like the younger generation, like myself, having to decide, you know, do I do I look for a primary care physician that I might continue to go to? Or is this something that I can actually just go to a care now and spend 30 bucks and call it a day? Well, you, you know, Ben, one of the the biggest advantages of having a primary care physician that you've selected is you're going to develop a long term relationship. And, and so that's somebody that. And, and, you know, we've we've had a number of podcasts already where we've talked about things like social determinants of health, uh, telemedicine, things like that. And so, you know, if you have that long term relationship with your physician, they know a lot more about you than just your physical condition. They know uh, they know about the environment that you came from. They know about where you live. They know about, frankly, your educational level, your family support. And so that helps them make, uh, you know, uh, a long term decision making about your health. And so I think that's a real plus. Now, if your physician's not available, say it's after hours or, or if they're not open on the weekend, then, you know, in urgent care, if you've got, if there's something that you, that you need treated that uh, is not emergent, absolutely, that's a, that's a great choice. And many physicians now ha- either have have opened their own urgent care, if you will, by providing extended hours, or they have a relationship with an urgent care where they're getting uh, a free flow of, of patient information uh, from those facilities, and so uh, I, I think uh, I think that's the main thing, you know. That and and again, we've talked about telemedicine. So many millennials, um, you know, you're looking at you're looking at the the, the convenience of care. You don't want to leave work, and so you know, if a telemedicine option is provided, and many primary care physicians and specialists are providing that as well in their offices now, you know, that's, that's a great opportunity as well. Well, keep it on the, uh, the education trend. I think maybe we can flip it a little bit to, uh, we'll call it some miseducation without going into the nitty gritty of everything. There are some articles out there that support maybe some non-medical, not medically supported, uh, facts and things like that. So, so how, how do physicians these days or how should they deal with someone who maybe doesn't have the correct information yeah. or maybe assume some things about, you know, certain products, you know? Sure. Well, the, the first thing that you've got to remember is that your physician has gone through years and years of education and training. And so while you might find some information that's readily available on the internet, and oftentimes that, edu- that, that information is skewed from a marketing perspective for certain products or certain services or things like that, you know, it, it's always best to to really listen to your primary care physician, uh, and so I think that's uh, that's certainly something that that everybody has to take into regard. And again, that goes back to that long term relationship with your your physician. You know, that relationship you're building trust on on both sides, and so you know you're not as apt to come in with some uh, really you know out out there information when you have a real trust in your physician. You know, there is. Uh, a large level of self accountability with yeah. that. If you if you want to you know believe that the you know a specific medical product is either ineffective or is going to harm you in some way that, that that's fine and you're you know legally allowed to do that. But what are some ways that you see 
where either physicians or schools or, um, you know, entities like that have to step in and say, hey, you can believe what you want, but it's on some level we have to believe the general truth. Well, I mean, you look at at things, you know, like pharmaceuticals and and, and different, uh, you know, different treatment protocols. They're they're approved by like the Food and Drug Administration for pharmaceuticals, and, and you know there's there's generally accepted practices of treatment that that are approved that are standards of, of treatment. So, you know, I, I see uh, I see that that is being kind of the gold standard for for uh, for accepting that that type of advice. Uh, but uh, you know, but but then you start looking at people who have uh, who maybe have a terminal illness. Uh, who, you know, they've tried everything that is that is approved or that's you know seen as as uh, you know acceptable. Then you know I look at it from a standpoint that yeah, you know, why not try something that might not be you know might not be generally accepted you know as as maybe a last resort if you will. I mean, ultimately, obviously, the individual is responsible for. The healthcare that they even want. I mean, you know, a patient has every right to turn down even you know a basic surgery, a basic mm-hmm. um, you know pill or pharmaceutical things. Uh, like that. You know, that's one of their second opinions too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? You know, I mean, obviously, we're not done with education. We're not done with the internet. What do you think is next for the WebMD type of um, patient who wants? He basically wants to diagnose themselves before yeah. they go to the office. Well, and and that again, that's kind of the blessing and the curse. Um, I I think again, like you said, it's it's always going to be there. The accessibility of information is always going to be there, and um, so I think it's just I, I think it's it's just prudent for the patient to to take what they find out there, uh, take that to their physician. And and truly listen to the physician because the physician is you know again they're there to to help you they're there to to diagnose and treat you so with that level of trust you know truly listen to them hear their opinion and uh, you know I, I would feel safer doing that well it's almost like people don't have an excuse these days to either not be well-informed or, or see a doctor with the advent of telemedicine and the advent of care nows and yeah. quick, you know, physicians yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of, there's an access to healthcare that frankly, you know, again, this is a totally another, uh, different podcast, but, but healthcare accessibility is certainly out there for a majority of citizens in the United States. But there's still a number of citizens that don't have access to quality health care. And we can talk about rural markets. We can talk about, um, you know, uh, some parts, obviously, even here in Dallas, you know, that, that people don't have that full access to care. But uh, you do have the access to information. And, and there are, you know, there are avenues always that, that you can take to, to uh, receive care. Well, that was a heck of a tease. Uh, so, Kevin, obviously, this is our first show. Uh, we're excited about where this can go. What are some places you'd like to see it go next? You know, what I want to do is I just want to talk about a wide variety of uh, of new topics that are coming up in healthcare. Uh, I would love to help explain, um, you know, healthcare is, healthcare is pretty complex. 
You know, even, yes, yes, uh, it is. Even for people who, even for people who've been in the industry for a long time, and so, you know, if I can help uh, explain uh, various uh, topics or whatever, I, I, that's where I, what I want to do. But I also want to educate. Uh, I want to make sure that people, you know, when they hear something like, you know, social determinants of health, what does that mean, or uh, or, or anything like that, uh, you know, healthcare is moving into a much more transparent phase. And again, a lot of that is due to healthcare consumerism. Uh, you know, it's also led by people, you know, really, you know, the high deductible health plan. So people are taking accountability for the cost of their healthcare. And so they want to know what what is my MRI cost or what is my CT cost or whatever. And so healthcare as an industry has got to be a lot more uh, transparent. We're more transparent from a quality standpoint and, and, and things like that. And so I want to—I just want to help the, the consumer, the listener uh, of this show, uh, just understand, understand healthcare a little bit better so that they can take better advantage uh, or, or take better control of their health. Kevin, it was great having you on your own show, yeah. which, is, which is great. This is great. I guess I'm on your show. You are on my show, ben. I think I think that that's... Uh, what we're doing. I think I'm I think I'm a guest on Kevin's show, which is great. But uh, hey, everybody, thanks again for tuning in to the very first episode of I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. Uh, join us again next week. We are excited to get this thing off the ground. Uh, look forward to hearing from you. Thanks.